what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. The book of 2 Chronicles chapter 29. We're going to pick it up today in verse 3. 2 Chronicles 29 verse 3. And he, speaking of Hezekiah, In the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street and said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy Place And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. The first acts of Hezekiah. The first acts of Hezekiah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before Your throne of grace today. I thank You for every person that is under the sound of my voice today. I thank You for every person that took the time out today to come to this place and to worship You. And Lord, I realize today that there are many needs, both in this sanctuary, in the parking lot, on the other side of this microphone, somewhere in the world, Lord, there are needs. Needs, O God, that only you can meet, and questions, O Lord, that only you can answer. And Lord, this morning, as you have given me a platform to speak, Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit. And Lord, I've studied your Word, and I have prepared But, Lord, that preparation without you is nothing. So, Lord, I must have your anointing today. I must have the moving of your Spirit. And, Lord, I know that some things may be said here today that uh, will be negative. And, Lord, it might not be taken well. But, Lord, I pray that you'll help the people to look beyond that. And, Lord, to get something from your Word today. Lord, move within the hearts and lives of all of us today. Lord, help us to hear and receive of your word. Help me to rightly divide this word of truth. And Lord, we are careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Hezekiah came to the throne of the southern kingdom about 250 years after Israel was divided. He came to that throne when he was 25 years of age, and he reigned there in Jerusalem for 29 years. 
The Bible says that Hezekiah did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. And the strange thing about it is his father Ahaz was one of the most ungodly kings that ever graced that particular throne in the southern kingdom. The Bible says that Ahaz, Second uh, Chronicles 28 verse 1, he did that which was not right in the eyes of the Lord, like David his father. The Bible goes on to say how he burnt incense to demon spirits. And it goes on to say that he burnt his children in the fire after the abominations of the heathen. How evil is that? How wicked is that? To burn your own children in the fire to some heathenistic God. You think of that. For 16 years, the southern kingdom sat under that kind of leadership. And let me tell you something here. When the leadership, and I don't care who it is, whether it's Democrat or Republican, when the leadership has no more respect for human life, than to murder little children. Where does that put you and I at? Are you listening to me? I'm mighty afraid that today we're no better off now than the children of Israel were during that day under the reign of Ahaz. Because you and I are under, soon will be under once again, the leadership of those who do not care about the unborn. There's no difference than placing your child in a fire and burning him up than going in and ripping a baby apart in a mother's womb. There's no difference. One was offered up to a demon spirit, the other one is offered up to the God of self. There's no, there's no difference. And what, and what really concerns me, ladies and gentlemen, is this. The same leadership that has no problem killing a baby is the same leadership that says that your health is going to be their responsibility. That ought to concern you. Ladies and gentlemen, but for 16 years, Israel sat under that kind of leadership. And how refreshing it must have been for Hezekiah to come to the throne. And he did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. That's what the Bible says, he did that which was right. And let me tell you this, right is not what you say it is. Right is not what you think it is. Right is not what the government says is right. It's not what the Democrats say is right. It's not what the Republicans say is right. It is not what Cooper says is right. But it is right according to what God's Word says is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is right. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Which means that God is looking. 
He sees all and knows all. There is nothing hidden from God. He sees that which is right that you do, and He sees that which is wrong that you do. He even knows your thoughts from afar off. And God helps some of our thoughts today as we sit and watch the news come across that television screen. And I'm going to say this again today. If you harbor any thoughts in your heart to harm in anybody, and if you want harm to come to anybody because of their political views or their racial views or any other view, you are wrong. And you need to repent and you need to ask God to forgive you of that thing. Well, Brother James, I'm just thinking about it. It's wrong. It's wrong. Jesus said you are to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said you are to love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. I got one of them phone calls this morning. Boy, she laid me out. She said, who do you think you are? I go to up and she, I won't call the name of the church. But had it come from, let's put it this way. There are some churches that are real active. And people shout and clap their hands and praise God and that sort of thing. And then there's other churches where it's real quiet and people worship the Lord quietly. This comes from a section of the church world where they clap their hands and jump and shout and, and all that kind of stuff. I'll just leave it there. But boy, she was, um, she was somewhat upset at me because I had made some negative statements about the leadership that's coming on board this week that's going to take over all three uh, branches, thank you, brother, of our government. Thank you. I had made some derogatory statements, and she didn't like that. And boy, she was ever more... Laying me out, I said, well, thank you, ma'am. I'll pray for you. And I hung up the phone. And this comes from a Christian that goes to one of those jumping up and down, clapping, shouting, hollering kind of, kind of churches. Now, of course, we, we clap our hands and shout and all that, too, a little bit here. We don't do it as much as we need to. <laughs> Glory to God. We got something to shout about. We got something to praise God about. Glory to God. But there are times when things have to be said. Somebody asked me the other day, Brother James, how's the church doing? How, is, is the church growing? You've been there eight years. Yeah, starting on nine now. How's the church growing? I said, Brother, I've had to bury 22 members since I've been there. We're way down from what we used to be. Well, what in the world are you going to do, Brother James? I'm going to keep on preaching the gospel. Jesus Christ, that's exactly what I'm going to keep on doing. But it's hard to grow to church when everything God gives you to say offends people. When you preach the gospel, you're going to offend people. And if you don't get offended today, then I'm not doing my job. So when that lady called me today and 
me out and I feel in her, I just praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God I'm finally doing my job. Thank God there ain't somebody calling me up and say, Brother James, I enjoyed your sermon. Send me a CD. And if you call me, I'm going to send you a CD and I'm going to thank you. But praise God, we get phone calls from time to time of people that get offended and they cuss me. Because when people start cussing you, you know you're doing your job. Well, don't that hurt your feelings, Brother James? Look, I had to shave all my hair off the other week. I ain't got no feelings now, brother. There ain't no more pride there. It's gone. So I might as well just go on and preach it and shell it down and tell it like it is. Hezekiah. He did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. And despite his father being one of the most ungodly kings that sat upon the throne, there was some godly influence in his life. His mother, Abijah, a godly woman, his grandfather, Jeremiah, he had an understanding of visions. Not Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah that wrote the book that bears his name, but this was another Jeremiah, godly man. Both of these individuals had a great influence on Hezekiah. And Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, had a great influence in his life as well. Isaiah, he started preaching when he was 15 years of age. He died when he was 85. Isaiah sat under the administrations of four kings of the southern kingdom. Obviously, Ahaz ignored what was said. But the words of Isaiah got through the little tiny... Hezekiah, as he was growing up, he heard those words. And let me tell you this, it's important for you parents to take your children to church and let them hear the Word of God. It's important. Isaiah got through to Hezekiah. And what a blessing it must have been for all of Judah and Hezekiah, what strength they must have gleaned from this man that was so consecrated to the Lord. And I said all of that to say this. It's important for you to find somebody that's got some faith. It's important for you to find somebody that'll have a godly influence on you. Oh, good grace of mercy. You need to find somebody that 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 that's got a touch of God. You need to find somebody that means business with God. You need to find somebody that's not just playing church. Or you're 
listening to me today. Find somebody that's got some anointing. Find somebody that's got a touch of God. Find somebody that's got a word from the Lord. Somebody that you can go to when the chips are down and you can say, please come and pray with me about this thing and help me concerning this thing. And not only will they pray with you, but God gives them a word that you so desperately need at that time. You need somebody that's got a godly influence in your life. You need somebody that's not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Find somebody that's got some faith. Listen to what they have to say. And let the righteousness of God become more of a reality in your life. See, that's why it's important for you to come to church. Because it's hard to find out there in that nightclub you're going to. I'm going to say this. It's getting kind of hard to find somebody in the church house. Are you listening to me? It's getting even harder to find one that stands behind the pulpit to give a word today. Find somebody that can speak words of life into your spirit that don't mind telling you, hey, now what you did was wrong. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't have those kind of thoughts and feelings. I thank God for the people He's put in my life. They've been men, women, boys, girls, white people, black people, Hispanics, people from all walks of life. God has used them all through my Christian experience to get me through this minefield of life. And I thank God for them today. And you need somebody that's got a godly influence. Listen to what Isaiah said. The reason I say this is because you've got to be careful who you buddy up with. You've got to be careful who you hang with. Isaiah said, Isaiah 5 verse 20. Julie, if you will, put it up on the screen. Thank you, there it is. She's ahead of me. She's doing a good job, ain't she? She only gets paid $10 a week. But she does a great job. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Isaiah 5 and 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That is an apt description of this day and age in which we now live. What I've just given to you this morning in the 15, 20 minutes I've been preaching. 
There are those out there that will look at what I've just said this morning and say that is hate speech and you need to go lock him up and by the time this airs there may be laws in place for them to do such. But you know what? I'm going to preach this gospel of Jesus Christ whether it's in this church house, whether it's over radio or whether it's in the jail house i'm going to preach what god says to preach in his word because this ladies and gentlemen is what is right and this is what is wrong this this right here let me tell you this when you stand before god one day and you are judged you will not be judged according to what Governor Cooper said or what Donald Trump said or what Joe Biden said or what Congress or the Senate or any other form of government says is right or wrong but you will be judged according to what this book says the Bible evil is good good is evil alright first thing that Hezekiah did Second Chronicles 29, verse 3. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. Hezekiah wasted no time in doing what needed to be done. He put God above all else. And Jesus said in Matthew six thirty-three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these other things shall be added unto you. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the work of God, there must not be any procrastination. When it comes to the work of God, we must not put it off. God's work must be done. And He has placed certain work for us to do as a church. And when a church procrastinates, when a church puts off what God wants them to do, it is the sure road to disaster. First, put God first. He opened the doors to the house of the Lord. Second Chronicles 29, 3. Evidence is that his father, Cooper, I mean Ahaz. Evidence is that Ahaz shut the doors of the temple. He thought the temple was non-essential. He that has an ear, let him hear. Hezekiah that come on the scene and said, It's time for us to open up the doors of the temple because that's essential. And let me tell you this, God's church is essential. Jesus Christ is essential. We need it. We need Him. Oh, good grace and mercy. There's some, there's some of you listening to me by radio right now, you ain't opened up your church since March of last year. God help us, we need some preachers today that gets a backbone instead of some jelly. 
We need some preachers with some backbone that'll stop listening to the congregation and stop listening to the news and say, I'm going to open up my church and I'm going to stand behind that pulpit and preach. If there ain't nobody there, I'm going to preach what thus saith the Lord. We're going to have church come Sunday morning. If you want to come, fine. If you don't want to come, you can stay at home. But we're going to open up the church and we're going to preach what thus saith the Lord. what needs to happen I'm going to tell you something else that needs to happen too the church needs to open up the door and let Jesus Christ back in where he belongs because Jesus said behold the church in the last days he said I stand at the door and knock Jesus is pictured standing outside the church knocking trying to get in if you're going to make heaven your home Jesus Christ is essential. And church is essential too. And the right church is essential. And the reason I say the right church is because not every church is preaching the gospel. A lot of churches out here, they're preaching social justice and they're preaching all other kind of things, how to get rich and how to be a better you and all this other kind. If it's not Jesus Christ and him crucified for the sin that's in your life, it is not the gospel. Brother James, that's old-fashioned. I don't care if it is. It's just book. Well, times have changed. This book ain't changed. He opened the doors, and he repaired them. The doors were in bad shape. Everything about the temple in some way pointed to Jesus Christ and his atoning, mediatorial, or intercessory work. And those doors typified Christ because Jesus is the door. He said in John 10 and verse 7, Julie, if you will put it up on the screen. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and and shall go in and out and find pasture. Everything we need from God is in God's pasture. And Jesus Christ is the door. Why is he the door? He's the door because sin is what separated man from God. Sin is what separates you from your blessing. Sin is what is keeping you from getting healed. Sin is, what is, sin is what divides, it separates. But when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he addressed the sin issue. All sin. And no matter what it is. And everything we need today is in God's pasture. And that door is Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's the only door. But the doors need to be repaired today. Because like I said, the preaching of the cross, you can't find it in much churches, many churches today. Why? Because, first of all, that door deals with sin. And when you start talking about sin, it offends people. 
And you can't grow to church when you're constantly offending people. But oh, let me tell you what this book says. Jesus said, if I lift it up, I will draw all men unto me. I'm tired of building a church. I can't build a church. That's God's business. It's my business to preach what the Word of God says. Let the chips fall where they will. And if they come down the aisle to get saved, fine. If they don't, they'll, they'll just have to go to hell. Oh, that's mighty blunt, preacher. It's the truth. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to hell. Are y'all going to take up an offering to bail me out of jail next week? I'm going to hold you. To, can I get that in writing? Brother Terry, write us up some contracts. <laughs> it's a shame that we've come to this point in our country today. He said, 2 Chronicles 29, 4, He brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street. And said unto them, Hear ye, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves. The word sanctify, sanctification. It's one of those words we don't hear much in the church anymore. It's one of those dinosaur words of the past. But the word sanctify, the word sanctification, it means to separate. To set, to set apart, to set apart from something to something. When it comes to the child of God, it means to separate yourself from the world and all of its activities to the Lord and His activities. Okay? Sanctify. Sanctification. He told the priests to sanctify themselves, set themselves apart from whatever else it was they were doing and to dedicate themselves to the things of God. Now, under the old economy of God, sanctification was more of an external thing. They had to do certain things according to the law of Moses, and that's about as far as it went. That's as far as it could go. Because at that time, they had the Holy Spirit upon them. But today, you and I have the Holy Spirit in us. And the sanctification process today is more of an inward thing. See? Because of what Jesus did at Calvary and paying the sin debt, it opened up the door for the Holy Spirit now to actually come inside our hearts and lives. And if we will deny ourselves and take up the cross daily and follow Him and have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, then the sanctification process, the operation of God will take place within our hearts and lives and you will see things on the outward, the individual. Are you, are you, listening? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, the actions of the individual will be more Christ-like. Sanctification. 
he said, and sanctify the house of the Lord and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Evidence is that under the past administration, the temple of God had been used for something else. Maybe it was used for a storage building. There were things in there that had no business being in there. Are you hearing me? And Hezekiah said, carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Today, you and I are the temple of God. He said in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, Julie, if you put it up there on the screen. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. The Apostle Paul said, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. And you were not bought with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And you are not your own. We all want to hear the Lord say one day, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. The servant, does, a good servant does what the master asks of him to do. And we got Christians today that are doing a lot of good things. But are they doing what God wants them to do? Are, are you hearing me? See, we got people, Christians, that are standing up on the platform singing. And that's a good thing if they can sing. When God's called them to preach. He that has an ear, let him hear. We got people doing things that are good, but it's not what God's called them to do. You are not your own. You belong to Christ. You belong to Him. And you need to do what He asks you to do. Paul talked about having an office in the church. He talked about the body of Christ. The body is made up of different organs. And every one of those organs work together to bring about something that is alive, something that's moving, something that's doing something. And as a child of God, you need to find out what your office is. You need to find out what your function is. You need to find out what kind of organ you are in the body of Christ. God's called some of you to be the treasure in this church. God's called some of you to clean up the church. God has called some of you to cut the grass. God has called some of you to keep up with the business meeting records and so forth. God has called others of you to collect clothes so that we can have... Clothes to give to people when their house burn up. 
God's called others of you to do nursing home ministry whenever that opens back up. God's called some of you for prison ministry. God's called some of you for the children. God's called some of you to head up the, 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 the Sunday school department whenever we study, uh, start that back up. God has called some of you to sit down at the piano and to play music and to lead the choir. God has called some of you to sing in the choir. God has called some of you to teach. God has called some of you to preach. God's called some of you to do something. God has called all of you to do something in the body of Christ. And you say, well, Brother James, I don't know what it is. All I can do is just come and sit here. Well, then just come and sit here. Because if you don't come and sit here, I ain't got nobody to preach to. Oh, good grace and mercy. We went up here the other day, Brother Doyle and myself trying to get all this electronic stuff worked out because the microphone keeps coming and going and and we want people in the parking lot to hear it. I don't know if they want to hear it or not, but we want them to hear it. If you can hear me in the parking lot, give me some kind of sign out there. Okay, yeah, they're hearing me. Some of them cranked up a while ago and drove on down the road because they didn't like what I had to say. That's all right. The Holy Ghost is still with them. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is still worrying them. When they lay down on that bed tonight, he's going to be knocking on that door. They can't get rid of some of the things I've said this morning. All right, lady, you can cut me off if you want to. You can cuss me if you want to, but God the Holy Ghost touched you. Oh, good grace and mercy. Thank God I done touched that golden calf this morning. <laughs> then touch that golden calf. But our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And as I was saying, under the old economy of God, the Holy Spirit could only do so much. But now He's working within. And we are not our own. We belong to God. And there is a function, there is a purpose that God has for every single one of us. And it is important for you to find out what your function is. You need to find out what your purpose is. You need to find out what church you're going to go to. Because it's hard for you to function if you ain't in a church somewhere. And if you ain't in the right Church, you'll never come up to be in what God wants you to be. You need to find you a good church and get in it, find out what your function is, and stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Do what God's called you to do, and don't worry about what somebody else is doing. Are you hearing me? Find out what your function and purpose is and do that. And if God broadens that horizon and, and, and moves your boundaries more outward, then you move on into that, whatever it may be. But God has a purpose for every single person under the sound of my voice today. And, you, and it's up to you. You've got to find out. I can't tell you what it is. I can give you some ideas of what I think it might be. 
But if I tell you, brother, that God's called you to Africa, you better not pack it and go to Africa. You better seek the Lord and find out if that's, that's what He wants you to do. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We've been bought with a price. We're the temple of God and we're to glorify God in our temple. What better way than to glorify God than through the ministry He's called us to? To perform the function that He has called us to. You glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Today, as you look in the spiritual mirror, as you look at your temple, are the doors closed? Have you opened up your heart door to Jesus Christ? Have you allowed Him to come into your heart and life? You say, Brother James, I've made a mess of my life. You don't know what I've done. I don't know what you've done. I don't care what you've done. If you'll open up that door while he's knocking today, he'll come in and he'll clean you up. Christian, listening to me today, is there something in your temple that's not right? We're not playing games, ladies and gentlemen. God means business. Satan is after your soul. And if there is something in your heart today that is not right, that's filthy, and hating someone because of their political beliefs or their, 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 their race or anything else, that's something filthy, it's something ungodly, it don't need to be in your temple. You need to come down to this altar today and ask God to forgive you that thing and help you with that thing. There's too much hate in this nation today. And only God can clean out that temple. Let God the Holy Ghost get rid of the filthiness. It's in the temple today. And these were the first acts of Hezekiah. We're going to deal with it a little bit more next week. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact.
contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy, and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.